Hello, and welcome to Normal Questions. Thank you for choosing to spend this time with me. My name is Clémence Reborois, and I'm so pleased to introduce you to our show. As you already know, Normal Questions is your weekly journalism show, where we discuss some of the most interesting developments and debates in the industry, and where I prompt experienced, renowned, and award-winning editors and media personalities to share what makes a truly great interview, as well as their favorite career memories and some advice for those interested in pursuing a career in the sector. Today is our first show of 2023, and so the occasion had to be marked. To honor the new year, today's episode is short, sweet, and hopefully will be thought-provoking and sustain you until our next interviews. Not to drag this further, this is the Normal Question News Roundup for 2023, where to go into the new year in fashion, we're going to go back to some of the most important news news items of the past few months. This is a, a news roundup, really, when you think about it, but a news news roundup, trying to answer the question, what's been going on in the media since we last spoke? Enjoy the episode and stay tuned for a special announcement at the end. Our first order of business today is this. Last month, MSNBC presenter Eamon Maheldin gave a talk for a business of fashion event. His talk was titled, Blind Spots and Biases, The Role of the Media in a Fractured World. In it, he speaks all about our relationship to the media and to information as consumers. He says, you and I, we're not engaging with information in a productive way, but rather in a way that destroys our perception of the world. Increasingly, we, became, we become disengaged from the truth or the facts behind the headlines or behind the tweets when we get our information on social media. How many of us have notifications on for one or more news app and don't check the articles behind them? Do we actually reflect critically on the ways we're fed information on social media, outside it, and in our social networks in general with other people? In the talk, the news anchor says, we're going into a dangerous place where we don't seek information, but affirmation and validation. I would say, and I wonder if you agree, that it's not just that we don't seek information, is that it's mailed into stockpile content for engagement ratings and our strive for entertainment trumps our need to be informed and elevated from information because more and more we seek and find entertainment in the same places as information. So we look for the entertainment value in information when it doesn't have to be there. The talk itself is a little under 20 minutes and it covers many of the topics that previous and I'm sure future Normal Questions guests have touched upon, through the lens of news items like refugee crises or the war in Ukraine. I highly recommend it, not just as a discussion of how we consume information instead of digesting it, but also as it focuses on what we can do with that information and how to play an effective role in the spread. On a very right, va- vastly different note, where do you think all the slaying went? That seems to be the question that American Vogue's latest cover editorial, with Florence Pugh starring in a kitchen set of photos, has raised in the opinion sphere, upsetting the high fashion purists and a part of Vogue's readership alike. It's not necessarily about the cover story itself, which from reading it has the tone, proximity and intimacy with its subject and style that defines a profile from the most famous fashion and arts magazine in the world. It's about the set of pictures that accompany it, featuring Pew in the kitchen, as we said, which, according to its detractors, lacks animation and the one thing that you either have or you don't, the in factor. Through no fault of the model herself or previous models on US Vogue covers, 
Calling them and their editorials bland or washed down is not really new, and it seems to be a recurring theme. At the same time, as smaller vote divisions such as Portugal, Poland, or Indonesia create experimental, highly creative, and eye-catching photosets. Although the pictures themselves are fine and pleasing to the eye and taste is personal anyway, it's interesting to wonder if the glory days of the iconic US Vogue are gone. What if the magazine with the most exposure and clout on the planet was just a pretty shop window for the biggest stars to be promoted like puppets on the celebrity stage? Gorgeous, but too smooth to have any cultural impact. Do you think all these editorials are ever good for or ever good to be is pretty and pleasing? Or should they relentlessly push the boundaries of art and become pieces of their own? In effect, can the ultimate tastemaker in history simply follow tastes blindly, or does it have to provoke them? Back in the UK, a recent development in data privacy has caused a number of journalists to go up in arms to defend their right to independence and freedom that's inherent to the profession. Some provisions of the debated National Security Bill, which aims to protect the UK from espionage and solve data privacy issues for nationals, are contested as journalists argue that imposing limits on the sharing of sensitive information across borders is a threat to the integrity and relevance of journalism as a practice and to freedom in the world. The list of signatories of an open letter detailing these griefs published in last Wednesday's time, January 11th, many directors of journalist protection agencies and trusts such as the Rory Peck Trust can be found, as well as many high-ranking editors of influential publications that have, on more than one occasion, aided whistleblowers to share the knowledge. This comes after a new code of conduct for journalists was released in December by Britain's ICO, the Information Commissioner Officer, who argued that the intention to introduce checks and balances to the pursuit of sources and information by journalists would fit aims of ethics of the press. While the ICO seems to ask journalists to take basically take themselves down a notch and say that they're not above the law, Journalists ask for the profession to be taken as seriously as the stakes that it has in the real world and be protected and be protected rather than dimmed. For now, there's not clearly an endpoint in sight to this issue. But as one of the most important decisions in the journalism sphere currently being undertaken, in a context of persecution of journalists worldwide and muzzle press organs in conflict zones, we're gonna follow it along closely on normal questions. In other rapid-fire news, the Journalism Public Service Pulitzer Prize was awarded to the Washington Post last spring for their coverage of the January 6th assault on the US Capitol, and they recently released a series of pieces about the impact and the legacy of the event two years on. The International Center for Journalists released a study spanning over three years of research and data collection from 10,000 women journalists in 15 countries, which gathered that online and physical harassment was a crisis and what they consider one of the most actively harmful threats to the freedom and livelihood of journalists worldwide. It bears reminding that these online threats have on more than one occasion led to the killing of female journalists like Maria Elena Ferrer in Mexico. Now you probably won't have missed this last one, but after the recent update to Twitter allowing users to get a verification check to $8 a month, Elon Musk has now decided that the length of a tweet will be changed to 4,000 characters, spaces included as usual. Yeah. As you know, dramatically, 
that's a personal statement. And although some distinctive verification marks exist to distinguish between Twitter blue accounts, legacy accounts, or company accounts, and those are visible to a part of the users of Twitter, what happens when a misinformation account can become a small-time news propeller and has the ability to spew more nonsense? Well, in a characteristically, in characteristically unusual move for a No More Questions episode, this time, I still have a lot of questions. And for once, I hope you do too. A massive thank you for all of you for listening to this episode and for making No More Questions a top 10 program for KCL Radio. This is it for No More Questions this week, but we will be back soon with some very exciting guests and more questions that challenge the news. Most of our next few episodes will be dedicated to pushing the curtain back on some less highlighted specific divisions of reporting, like sports commentary, fashion writing, and more areas of cultural writing. As promised, in 2022, you can also expect interviews with top investigative journalists, new industry experts in PR and communications, and music artists for, the, for these next 10 weeks with no more questions. Thank you so much for tuning in today again, and see you next time.